Wake up, John Doe, you're the hope of the world. thought that the fear was crazier than uh, the crush? Like, at first I said the crush, but then I was like, no, nah, I think it's fear because he cut the dog's head off. Fear cut the dog's head off. He killed... Uh, oh, yeah, and he killed a guy. What was his name? Greg or Wayne? He killed the, the, oh, yeah, the, the friend. The friend. Yeah, the platonic friend. Ray? Killed him in the woods, yeah. And he, who else did he kill? He killed... Uh, oh, he killed one of the bad guys. Oh, yeah, the guy. He shot, shot the guy in the shot head. Shot him in the head, yeah. yeah. They yeah, killed a lot of so. people. But he also died, probably. Oh, yeah, when he, crush, got, when he got thrown out the window? Yeah, the crush was still alive. Oh, yeah, and she'd moved on. 
Yeah. Was... And there was implications that the, the first guy that she was crushing on died, so... Yeah, well, the friend said... The friend said that uh, she had, like, a camp counselor that she poisoned or something because he wasn't returning her her feelings. <laughs> Damn, there really was a lot of those fucking movies back then. So many. I, it's insane. What's funny is they all had, like, the same, uh, like, kind of cast or the same, like... Actors were, like, involved in them. Uh, so the crush had Alicia Silverstone, right? But it was supposed to be either uh, Feruza Balk or Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Reese Witherspoon was in Fear. Yeah. With Alyssa Milano, who played the the friend that got assaulted by the uh, Wahlberg uh, crank crew. The bikers, remember? Okay, so that was her in the movie? That was Alyssa Milano, yeah. It wasn't clear because it like didn't look like her in the scene. She had a haircut, yeah. It was weird. But, uh, so her, she was in another one of those type of, but it's like a series, and it was called Poison Ivy. And it was about, like, a teenage, like, uh, seductress that kills or whatever. So what was, like, the point of this? Of fear? Well, I know fear was like, you know, it was like the the father's dealing with like her his daughter dating. Yeah. It was I think it was like supposed to be that, like representing that. It's like we were talking about earlier. It's the uh the fear of uh a woman's like sexuality. Yeah. And at first it's like like with like the hand that rocks the cradle or like that Beyonce movie, it's like uh, the fear that the woman's sexuality might be used to take your family away from you. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But then it evolved into like, oh, now the woman's sexuality is like part of my family because my daughter's growing up. So now that's the scariest thing is like her uh, hooking up with a Mark Wahlberg type with, like, a, with a crank crew. Who's coming up with these like story arcs though? You know what I mean? Like at what, or is it, is it like the writers that are like growing as people and like noticing these things? Uh, well, or with what? The, the crush, the dude said it happened to him in real life. Okay. Okay. But I don't know if fear happened in real life. And then all these women came out in the, uh, me too movement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after having starred as the accused rapist, the craft was around that time. Yeah, too. it was. It that was. one was probably craziest because they had magic. Yeah, but there wasn't any like, uh, like crazy crushes, was there? She had Not a like crush that. on Skeet Ulrich. Remember? Because the, the new girl was hooking up with Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, but she wasn't trying to murder them. Feruza Balk? Oh, was she? She was. She killed Skeet Ulrich. She threw him out the window, remember? Because she pretended to be the new chick. Oh, damn. I got to watch The Craft again. Yeah, I yeah. I love that movie. About it. I really don't. Yeah. I don't remember the storyline at all. Um, It's another one of those uh, movies that takes place on the West Coast in that time it's frame. It's like Mean Girls with Witches, right? Uh, Yeah, kind of. Yeah. A more like uh, a more cool Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we should start the show. We should. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Actual Comedy Presents, an actual podcast. I'm Angel Ace. And I'm Aaron. And uh, we're here to present another uh, great show for you today. Uh, I want to apologize starting off. Uh, I pulled a muscle in my back uh, this past weekend, so uh, I'm all hopped up on uh, Arnica Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, that's made you act real loopy the last few hours. I've been loopy on the Arnica, yeah. You got to get off the Arnica. That's the only thing I can take. Fuck it. This motherfucker's allergic to NSAIDs. Yeah. 
You don't have to tell anybody that. Well, oh yeah, that's true. Now, no, if anybody's not. fucking crushing on oh, me out there no. or crushing on you, they're gonna oh, fucking fuck. put some uh, NSAIDs in my coffee. Damn, my whole point was just to brag about how well aspirin works. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a crazy week. Uh, I've been in a lot of pain, uh, but oh, we're wait. gonna let's talk about how you woke me up this morning. That's what I wanted to start with, and you didn't even touch on that. What are you talking about? Like. You've been doing this weird thing with a new um, album that we found recently, uh-huh. and I want you to get into it uh, with the with our our uh, our family here. What are you What are you talking about? I'm talking about what was on the television when we woke up this morning. When I woke up this morning. When I when you woke me up this morning, what did you wake me up with? Uh, with the news that Shane Gill has got uh, the hosting gig. No, 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 no. That we'll get to that in a second. Oh. But what was before that? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. It was a certain musical artist of the uh, '80s and '70s that mm. uh, put out a new album. Uh, Tell them about it, Angel. I don't Tell know. Tell them that. about it. What? Tell them about the gasms. What are you talking about? What's the gasm? So, Smokey Robinson put out an album called Gasms. Oh, that Gasm. Last year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you've been playing the song for me quite often. It's a good song. It's called Gasms. Yeah. Eargasms, eyegasms, every type of gasms. Except for orgasms. He never says orgasms. Uh, Is Gasms the name of the whole album? It's the name of the album and the first song. Oh, the first song. Okay. Yeah, but the rest of the songs I don't think have to... Well, maybe like the second... I listened to the whole album. Uh, I think only the (laughs) second or the third song is also like sexual, but the rest of it's like just... No. Well, they're the other Gasms. Yeah, yeah, true. They're not sexual Gasms. It's like just listening to the word Gasm over and over again. It's like... Especially the way he says it in the song, because he says it kind of like he's having a gasm. He's like, Gasm, Gasm, Gasm. I woke up to you like gently touching my shoulder. Babe, babe. And in the background I hear, Gasms, Gasms, Gasms. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Okay, hold on. He does have one of the best lines, though. What? Uh, Something, something, Gasms. Every type of Gasms, you name them, I has thems. (laughs) That's amazing. Guys, go check it out. Gasms by Smokey Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about Shane, because what is up? Hell yeah. Hell yeah to the dog, man. Uh, I think I like made made uh, enemies enemies of like all the Philadelphia comedies women when I was like mad that he got kicked off SNL. Oh, yeah. Because it was just a bunch of people that were like didn't like him. And they were like, you said these racist things. I'm like, did you listen to the rest of the thing? Yeah, you and were trying to you were trying to give people uh, more of a benefit of a doubt than they I know, deserve. and I don't, I should know better than to try. Yeah, but then I got kicked, called a pick me bitch <laughs> by a woman who is now gender fluid or, or trans. Yeah. So like, what is the definition of a pick me bitch? Uh, I think it's one of those like uh, like a chick at like a party that'll start like uh, cleaning up even though she doesn't live there. To be, like, to be like, uh, I just want to show the boys that I'm a good wife. Oh, okay. So uh, the, I thought it was one of those things where you're trying to, like, be with the in the boy crowd kind of a thing. No, I think it's, like, for, like, attention. Like, you do, th- like, maybe just things that are, like, popular with a specific crowd in order to get attention. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. 
yeah. That, that's... Point, point's still there. <laughs> um, I was trying to make it about me, but no, I'm like super excited. That's awesome. That yeah, it's pretty great. After he got fucking picked to be on SNL and then taken off and within, within what three days. It was, was it three days? I think it was like a day, wasn't it? Like I don't a couple even know. hours. They like announced hours. it and then somebody <laughs> came out with that article about it. Which was crazy because like two months ago we did a show with him. Or two months before that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wild. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. What do you think is going to, uh, what do you think is his next step after this? I have no idea. I mean, the, the options are limitless. I just remember being like so excited for him initially because that was my dream was like yeah. before I knew the ins and outs of like the p- politics behind it. Yeah, I think I every, just wanted to be Mary Catherine Gallagher. Like I wanted to do that for I a think, living. Yeah, everybody that goes into stand up comedy has like a dream of doing some type of like sketch comedy. Yeah, and so for someone who I know and have worked with yeah. to have gone on to do that, I'm like, okay, it's not that far out of reach. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think instead of like thinking of it in those terms, a lot of people just got jealous and started saying, no, he's a piece of shit. And, you know, like. Yeah, it, well, also it was, uh, they were the people, the loudest people that were complaining about it were the type to jump on any bandwagon of canceling people at the time. You know what I mean? Which is like. How do you go back and forth like that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I've never been a, ba- a bandwagon fan yeah. of anything. I mean, if, like, you know, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, like, I'll, you know, I'll join the party if it's on my street. But I'm not going to watch the game. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand people who can't look at the whole picture. Like, what? What do you mean? Like the people that were like Well, everybody that was coming out to him and was like, Oh, like you're you're racist and all this stuff and it's like have did you listen to the whole thing? Like did you listen to the like context and all that stuff? Like yeah. there's so many Yeah, I don't think it mattered things. to them. It didn't at the time. At the time. Yeah. And like, but what's your point? What was your point in that? Yeah. But I mean, it was great for him because like then as a joke on their podcast he prayed to Joe Rogan. And then ended up becoming, like, the favored guest on the show. Yeah. And now is hosting SNL. Like, that's a fucking amazing trajectory. Yeah. I think he's only been on the Rogan show, what, like, how many since since the first time he did it? It was, like, what, 2020? Was so, it even, was it that long ago? I think so. It was either 2020 or 2021. I feel like we're still in 2020. <laughs> but either way, it's only been a short amount of years, right? And the show's been on for a lot longer than that. And it just kind of gave it a... I like, think he, uh, they named him like the comedian with the most appearances on the show. Wow. Yeah. And he's only like been appearing for like three years or some shit like that. That's, it's so crazy to me because it was a joke on their podcast. Yeah. Like, Sam Rogies, come on, you, you can get me out of this. Mm-hmm. After You know what I mean? Like, that's just it, like to watch that from somebody I see as like a peer. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for them. You yeah. know? And, uh, like, also hopefully he didn't get MK Ultra. Yeah. You know? Well. Big up on you, Shane. You never know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about what's, like, next in his, like, uh, like, I'd like to ask him what he thinks is, like, next in his trajectory, trajectory career. Like, because uh, it's different now than before, right? Because it would be, like, before you get SNL or, like, you get to host SNL and then, like, you start to do, like, big movies and shit like that. 
Like, yeah. Does that like stuff matter anymore? I don't, I don't know if like he's even like interested in doing something like that. I have really honestly no idea. Like other than like the podcast he's been on. Yeah. I haven't like spoken to him, but I think I I believe he said he wants to just do stand up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you get asked to be in like a cool ass show or movie, like you're not going to turn that down. Maybe Unless like you don't uh, want to do it, but. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's going to go on tour and make a. He got fucking dollars. uh uh. What's your call it? He got a deal with Budweiser. Yeah. That's but amazing. I mean, eventually, like he's gonna want to do something else, and I'm I'm just wondering, like, with the way uh, the business works now, like, what's his what's gonna be his next goal? And I'm wondering if it's gonna be like opening a club, maybe something like that. Yeah. You know. Because I mean, like at the same time, how many clubs can there be for it to still be like? I mean. A thing, you know what I mean? Rogan made Austin a thing. Like, well, he, yeah, he made Austin a thing, but then again, like how many Austins are that you can't spread? I mean, every, Chappelle's you know I trying mean? to do that with like that Ohio, Ohio? right? So, Is he? I think so. I think he's trying to like make that town into like a comedian-friendly place. Um, but I think there's examples of that everywhere. You know yeah, what I mean? I if think Nick Bargetti in Tennessee is doing the same shit, or uh, uh, wherever the fuck Brick Kreischer goes. Prime Florida or something. So everywhere they're just... I mean, that's cool if you want to open up your own club. I don't know. Like, I feel like it would lose its allure if you had your own comedy club. I like the idea of, like, cultivating a scene. I like the idea of, like, going someplace if you're going to, like, stick your, like, roots down for a little bit. Yeah. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, putting the things out there that's going to make, like, the the scene arrive that's, like, cool and, like, funny. I guess it's hard, though, like, when, like... Like, for for instance, like, Rogan, is he from Texas? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Because he's from Massachusetts. Right. But he couldn't go to Massachusetts and make somewhere around there a comedy scene. I think he could, at this point, yeah. At this point, maybe. But I mean, like, probably, like, back in his, like, like starting off Oh, times. no, no, maybe not. So, I think it's, it's weird because then you have to figure out a different place that you would want to, like, put roots down other than, like, whatever you call home. Because I feel like that's not going to be the place for you to cultivate a scene. Yeah, the whole Texas thing after COVID seemed like it was, like, a planned thing by, like, a lot of rich people. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that before it ever happened, and it's weird that a bunch of people moved. But, I mean, like, it makes sense with the way that laws are going and shit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, that fucking movie trailer is starting to freak me out a little bit, but... Which one? It's, like, called, like, Civil War or something. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. How Texas is seceding from the Union or whatever. And aren't they trying to... To do something where they're like using their own like, um, like state guard, to like defend their borders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some shit like that. I don't know. Well, Who the fuck knows? It's gonna be a lot of bad backs in that civil war. I know. I mean. Dimas, look in my eyes. Look in my eyes. You've been messing up with her back, huh? Right, Dimas. <laughs> Liars, How does your back feel? Do you think that the demon's out or? I think the arnica gel helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if I'm being honest, I would kill to know a pharmacist with a hookup. Of what? 
Uh, I don't know. What do they got there? <laughs> You're allergic to everything. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Would a pharmacist know like what to give me if I'm allergic? If I if I say like, hey, pharmacist, I'm trying to buy uh, some of your stock illegally, but here's here's my list of allergies. <laughs> yeah, that's their job. I mean, they probably shouldn't do it illegally, but if they're cool, they would. <laughs> the pharmacist. Um, should we get to our uh, first segment of the day? Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This week in piss history. Oh yeah, everyone! It's this week in piss history, uh, where we discuss everything piss history related, right? Yes. Um. So, uh, it's a interesting uh, time right now. It's uh, the beginning of February. Uh, my birthday's coming up. Um, Groundhog Day just passed. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. But uh, it made me think, uh, I wanted to think of a topic for this uh, this week's segment for Piss History. And uh, it made me think of like, you know, when when did the Groundhog thing start? And I, I'm thinking, I didn't look it up, but I'm thinking like uh, late 1800s. Uh, and then I was thinking like, what were bathrooms like around that time in the 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started thinking about other things that happened in the 1800s, the late 1800s. I think the Eiffel Tower was completed in the 1800s. Oh, shit. Um, and I was like, is there bathrooms on the Eiffel Tower? And there are. Uh, they have, I guess, bathrooms now, like, on every floor. Okay. But uh, in the process of doing that, uh, it made me think of the actual topic we're going to discuss today. Uh, and uh, today we're going to be celebrating the history of the urinal. Hell yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody. I'm thirsty, homo boy. Give me a drink. <laughs> uh, so the modern day idea of a public urinal originated in France. Uh, in the spring of 1830, the city government of Paris decided to install the first public urinals on major boulevards. Uh, They were put in place by the summer, uh, but in July of the same year, many were destroyed through their use of materials for street barricades during the French Revolution of 1830. (laughs) So during the French Revolution of 1830, a lot of the materials that they used for the barricades uh, in the streets to like try to uh, tamp down uh, traffic uh, was made out of these um, urinals, public urinals. Um, How big were they? Well, so the urinals were reintroduced in Paris uh, after 1843. Uh, f- over 400 were installed uh, by Claude Philibert Barthelet, Comte de Rombochot, uh, the prefect of the department of Saint Cien. Um, so a department they use, they have departments over there instead of like counties. Isn't oh. that weird? So when someone says, like, of the department of this, it sounds like a government position, but it's really, like, them saying, like, from that region. I'm from the city of, like, wherever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Um, weird. So uh, these ones that they uh, introduced in the 1840s, um, they were uh, popularly known as uh, Colones Rambucho or Rambucho Columns, after the guy who got them installed. (laughs) Uh, In response to this, uh, I guess he didn't like uh, being named or having his name uh used for public urination uh he suggested that they use the name uh 
Passinis in reference to the Roman Emperor Titus Flavorus Vespasinus, who placed a tax on piss collected from public toilets for use in tanning. So the ancient Romans used to collect piss from uh, public toilets in order to use uh, for their tanning, which is like the... Uh, of leather? The leather, yeah. Not like for their skin, right? No, 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 not for... <laughs> I was like, what? Um... So uh, this is the usual term by which urinals are known in this French-speaking world, although pissoirs or uh, pissotere are also common use. Uh, They use pissoir the most. Uh, P-I-S-S-O-I-R-S. They originally had a cylindrical shape uh, built of masonry uh, open on the street side and ornately decorated on the other side, as well as the cap. Um, the next version of it was a masonry column that allowed for pasting of posters on the side of the footpath. Um, so I guess this became like a popular thing because people would post like uh, communication posters on the side of these like public Those are the first ads in bathrooms. Yeah, pretty much. That's fucking great. Um, so, but they're uh, only for men. Well. That's a whole different thing. Um, So uh, cast iron urinals were developed in the UK uh, with the first installed in Glasgow in 1850. Uh, Unlike the pissoirs of Paris, the Glasgow urinals were designed with spiral cast iron screens that allowed the user to be hidden from sight. Uh, Back in Paris, cast iron urinals were also introduced as well as the addition of screens to the Rambouchot columns. Um, so these were just for dudes, uh, pretty much. I mean, I guess you could use it if you were a chick, but I guess women were, uh, expected to do better. (laughs) What? In the piss category. I think women were just peeing wherever because their dresses like went down to the ground. Yeah, they had those hoop dresses. Yeah, and they didn't wear underwear. They just wore like a series of slips. Oh, yeah. So they probably just like, you know. Spread their legs and, like, peed wherever. <laughs> My sister did that once at a fucking concert. She had on, like, a maxi dress, and we were waiting in line for the bathroom. Yeah. And there was hundreds of people around, and all of a sudden I looked down, and there's, like, a, a stream, like, down between her, like, feet. Mm. But her skirt was, like, to the ground. And I was like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I was wearing, like, leggings, so it was impossible for me. You could have like tore, you could have like tore a hole in the leggings. Yeah, but then I would have had a hole in my crotch for the rest of the concert. I'm gonna come. <laughs> um, so at the peak of their spread uh, in the 1930s, uh, there were 1,230 pissoirs in Paris, uh, but by 1966, their numbers had decreased to 329. Uh, from 1980, they were replaced systematically with new technology, uh, a unisex enclosed automatically self-cleaning unit called the Saniset. Oh, wow. Uh, by 20, 20, 2006, uh, only one historic pissoir remained. In Berlin, the first pissoirs were made of wood and appeared in 1863 in order to provide a design as distinguished as in other cities because at the time... Uh, it was a uh, seen as like a, a a form of like a uh, uh, like what is that called like opulence if you had your own uh, public urinal design that was like unique to your own city. So they had. Uh... <laughs> was that frowned upon, or was that like 
like we. Well, you don't want to you don't want to steal somebody else's piss design. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. You want to come up with your own that's like cool looking. Gotcha. Um, so to provide a uh, in order to provide a design as distinguished as in other cities, several architectural design competitions were organized. One in 1847, one in 1865, and one in 1877. These were competitions where they were trying to get people to design urinals for public use. Uh, The last design was the one that was ultimately uh, ordered in 1878, and it was a cast iron octagonal structure with seven stalls and a peaked roof known locally as a cafe octet or octagon cafe. I don't know why cafe is known as the bathroom. Um, A similar design was adopted in Vienna, uh, though they were equipped with an oil system uh, patented by Wilhelm Beetz in 1882, where a type of oil was used to neutralize odors. In central Amsterdam, they use pea curls, which consist of a raised metal screen that curls in a spiral, enclosing a single urinal stall. Pissoirs of various sizes and designs... uh, but mostly in patterned cast iron, can still be found dotted across the UK, with a few in London, Birmingham, and Bristol. Uh, rectangular pissoirs, cast iron, were installed in Sydney, Australia in 1880, and in Melbourne in the early 1900s. In recent years, temporary pissoirs with multiple unscreened urinals around a center column have been introduced in the UK. A temporary pissoir for women, called the Peasy, is currently used in Switzerland. Uh, a plascarus is a pissoir designed in the Netherlands, uh, not connected to the source system, but with their own storage tanks. First used in 1991 during the Monsters of Rock concert. What? Yeah. Or is that like a shiwi? No. What? The peasy? Yeah. What's up? So you haven't seen a woman urinal before? Because listen, I haven't before I looked it up. So I thought as a woman, you would have been exposed to this already. No, I've seen toilets. That's it. Let me tell you, this is the weirdest. Remember uh, in Kirby Enthusiasm when Larry was trying to come up with the best urinal to use? Yeah. It was a woman. It was a female urinal. Really? Yeah. It's like it's exactly what you think it would be. It was like, you know what a a regular urinal looks like? Yeah. It's like a half of a toilet, like cut in half. Yeah. So it's like that. But the bottom sticks out a little so you like straddle it oh okay and then it all drips down okay it all comes from yeah why didn't they have that all all the time i guess like because they don't pee on the ground well i think with the ones that they don't have like any like water or like any type of like systems in it to like take the waste away they get like builds up of like these mineral deposits that they have to like go in and clean like every couple months mm. as this pe- people's pee minerals. They could be making bullets out of that. Oh yeah. And fucking like. Uh, I bet you that's what they do. Cause I've seen pictures. It's like uh, therapies and shit with that. You ever see like sulfur rocks, like yellow sulfur rocks? No. Oh. Well, it looks like that. It looks like yellow sulfur ro- rocks of sulfur. Like like a urinal cake. Kind of like uranium, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, I meant a urinal cake. Oh no, yeah. Like a, no, I don't know what that looks like. Um, yeah. Wow, so so it's it's amazing how like long history has uh completely uh not 
acknowledge the needs of women in that sense. Yeah. Pisses me off. Well, I it mean... Pisses me right off. So do women need, like, uh, like a, a water component to pee no. to, for them to feel comfortable? You know what need, I mean? like, either, like, a fucking bidet to, like, well, you know, clean you off or, like, a tissue. You ladies like to like to take a lot of time in there. So I'm thinking that you're, like, using the water to do stuff. I don't know what. I haven't thought that deep into it. No. But I, I, I feel like if, if it's a preference, I feel like more women would decide to pee indoors than outdoors. Yeah. And I feel like if it's a preference for dudes... More dudes would decide to pee outdoors than indoors. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. When I was when I was potty training my son, mm-hmm. it was like in the summer, uh, when I was at my parents' house and they had a pool out back and he was so excited to get up and run outside and pee every day. <laughs> I mean it worked. Uh, when I was uh when I was filming that uh that short uh horror story thing with uh Fox shout oh, out my Fox. Yeah, yeah. Uh we went to that abandoned campground and it was the first time I had ever peed outside. Oh, you remember that time that you peed in a bottle when we were in the car? Dude, it was a Waikiki bottle, it was and a we filled it up completely. I cannot believe you peed that. How do you even have that much in your bladder at one time? That was I don't know, impossible. man. Well, you know what? The Waikiki bottle was empty, so probably because I had drank that whole bottle. I had to fucking, I had to take a lighter and, like, make an opening. It wasn't big <laughs> enough for me to fit through, and I was like... Well, I, don't, that- I mean, do you need to fit through it, or just, like... On the whole, I wasn't arguing with you. You just had to pee, so I was trying to help well, you out and whatever. Well, I feel like the hole in the bottle wasn't a big enough opening for me. To, and in the dark... It's bigger than your urethra, Hold on, though. hold on. In the dark, in some fucking street in central Philadelphia, <laughs> with, like, like, one street light and a bunch of people walking by... And no bathroom, by the way, so it was either, like, like if get out... If we had out. a bathroom, we wouldn't have been using the bottle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but in any case, there was a lot going on, and I didn't think I could uh, successfully make the stream inside of the, the bottle top. So we- my, my picture was like you just put it right at the end, and then like there's no room for, for mistakes. It's too small. The, the opening was too small. The opening to- of your pee hole is smaller than the opening of a fucking like, water bottle. Yeah, but it has to go inside, though, right? What? In inside the hole? Yeah. The urine? You don't have to put your whole penis inside the hole. That's how people pee. No. <laughs> Wait, My so you tell me that. you telling me when guys go to the bathroom, they don't automatically put their penis in the toilet water to pee? No. Is this what you've been doing? Oh fuck. Who taught you that? I'm gonna come. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it was funny because I was reading about how, like, France, like, intentionally, like, designed a lot of their architecture, like, to, uh, discourage people from urinating in, like, the corner. So, like, if you go there to, like, see some of, like, the, the things that they built, like, around that time, like, the 1800s, like, these massive, like, really cool-looking, like, columns and structures and shit like that. Yeah. In the corners, there's not corners. They're, like, raised, and then if you try oh. to pee there, the pee splashes back on you. I thought that was so you could get a demon in the corner. They say that, but in reality, so, so you don't splash your pee on yeah, yourself. Yeah, so you don't fucking pee in the corner. That's why. <laughs> and they they have the nerve to put a bunch of fountains with like angels peeing in them, and they expect you not to have to pee. Yeah. 
It's like subliminal messaging to try to like get you to hold your pee more. Maybe. Trying to get more of that nitric acid out of us. Yeah. You can't use these for poop, though. It can only be pee. Well, I mean, I guess people... What is what does the government expect as far as, like, the, the average person's, like, bathroom needs, you know? What do you it's mean? It's like you have to, like, make a restroom available to, publics, to, to the public, right, at a certain point. Well, apparently not. Apparently you just fucking get a cast iron fucking peasy. But, but, I mean, if you get caught, like, peeing outside... Well, that's you the thing. You get in trouble. You get caught peeing outside in an undesignated area. So these were put specifically outside, away from where they would have, like, outhouses, I guess, where you could go pee and not get in trouble for it because they were like, oh, you were behind the screen, so you're good. <laughs> you had the cast iron uh, shield around you, you so you're you good. You had that mesh shield around you so nobody <laughs> could see anything. Um, what, what do you think that—so before this— before this, uh, they just allowed people to piss out in public, or you had to like find an outhouse. No, that's like before that. Wasn't that the time where you had to have like a servant carry like a pee, like jar around, and they would come and like put like a like a like a guy with a coat around you that had like a bowl for you to pee in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a job. You yeah, were, there were human urinals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they I don't think they did that for pee though. I think that well for chicks for pee, but I don't think for for pee for dudes, they did that. You know, why not? Because the dude would be standing up. I think the person had to be sitting down in order to use it. Oh. Because the dude had to, like, stand on, like, the back of the chair that you were sitting on. Oh. In order to get, like, enough high off the ground above you, and then he could put his coat around you. So is there, like, a, like, I wonder if there's any of those, like, chairs left around, like, just to see what that Oh, yeah, like. yeah. You know what I mean? This is an old fucking Victorian pissing chair <laughs> your grandfather used when he was putting himself through college. <laughs> Can you imagine that being your job? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I guess it's, like, back then, the... I'm gonna piss you right now. The fucking uh, the market must have been like pretty hot, right? <laughs> there were there wasn't like a Wendy's or like a Wawa that you could go to and and they're still use their outhouse. They all try and pretend like they're out of order and shit. But they let the horses shit in the middle of fucking uh, Market Street. Yeah, I don't understand. Who like, cleans I mean, that up? I don't know, cause you're expected to curb your dog, right? Yeah. So, I don't... I mean, I would assume it's, like, the police, right? Or whoever, mm. like, the carriage drivers are. Yeah, maybe. You think you... If you were building your own restaurant, would you include a, a female urinal in there? Uh, sure. Yeah, definitely. I like that. I like that idea. I feel like if you're going to go with, like, a unisex, like, uh, thing... Like, you know those bathrooms where there's, like, multiple bathrooms? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be like, well, this one's guy, this one's girl, but now this one's like, is whatever, is both. But it's like there's multiple stalls in one room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have that, right? And then usually in the guy ones, there's like one wall of stalls and then one wall of urinals. Yeah. So if you're going to have both, you do one wall of stalls, one wall half dude urinals, one wall half chick urinals. Mm, yeah. That would work. Yeah. But I, I, I think I would feel weird with a bunch of, like, like outside of a stall. You wouldn't use a chick urinal in public? Like, next to people? No. Why not? Because, like, I don't know. I mean, I think that's weird. I, I get stage fright. 
When it comes to piss? Yeah. Anything. Like, I, you know, like, if I, like, when I had to get drug tested for my, to go to nursing school, Mm -hmm. it took me three and a half hours to pee in the cup. Oh, man. Yeah, I was, I like, I couldn't pee for some reason. And I was there, I missed a test because of it, because I couldn't leave. (laughs) And they were like, if you leave, then, like, you're, you're forfeiting the test, and, like, we have to tell the school that. So, I literally, like, they were giving me, like, a, like, 30, like, uh... Like a couple ounces of water every 30 minutes. Yeah, because they can't give you a bunch because then they uh, call they it dilute. tainted or, or yeah, diluted. Yeah, exactly. Oh, when I went to go get this uh, uh, job one time as for this contractor for Comcast, I went to go get the drug test, but I had smoked the day before. Oh. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to fail this fucking test. And I was, like, nervous. And when I went to the place to do the test, it was like kind of like a hospital. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like a regular like just testing facility like there was like people in there like for like regular doctor shit, but all That's the nurses like there. Where I went, yeah. All the nurses there were young, and I was there with my boy Milton, <laughs> and we were like uh, in our early twenties. So like the chicks there were like flirting with us kind of a little bit, and then the one chick like led me back to for me to pee in the cup mm-hmm. and I remember being so nervous that I couldn't do it and when I came out of the bathroom I like brought the cup the cup back and it was empty and they were like what happened and I was like I, I couldn't do it and they all looked at me with like this look of disgust like all of the flirtations that they had aimed at me were like completely disappeared <laughs> and it was just like the go boy sit, can't even piss go sit your non-pissing ass down <laughs> yeah, because if you leave, then it's like you're refusing to take the test. So then they call it be like, oh, it's like the same as not passing it. Yeah. You know? Well, I was telling her, I was like, I, I could I could pee. Oh, trust me, this doesn't happen all the time. I could pee my ass off. But right now, I just can't do it. And they were like, well, are you refusing? I was like, no, no, no. I want to pee. I want to. Trust me, I want to. I want to fill this cup up for you, okay? Exactly. But I can't do I it right felt. now. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> so no, in that in that same breath, I would not be able to probably pee if there was like five or six other people around me. Yeah. And I'm just there. I need solitude. Mm. Yeah, we need to we need to get that part of society figured out. Yeah. Let's get to the uh, next segment because I feel like uh, the first part of it has to do with the French. And with uh, cultural evolution. By the way, uh, shout out to the French for creating urinals, everyone. So Shout out. All right. Miga banya, French. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on up there? What is going on? That's right. It's our What's uh, Going On segment where we discuss uh, all the current events happening around the world. Um, so what's happening with these French guys? I saw them throwing poop in a McDonald's. So apparently, starting, I don't know, sometime earlier last week, maybe the week before, mm-hmm. the French farmers unions were on strike and um, they were doing a bunch of protesting. Um, and during the protest, they blocked traffic and they dr- dumped uh, rotting produce and manure uh, in front of government buildings to make their point. <laughs> so they were like literally blocking all the traffic with their tractors leading to the major <laughs> cities. And they were taking just like tractor loads of like manure and rotting produ- produce and like leaving it in front of the government buildings. Yeah, yeah. So Thursday, they called for a halt to these protests. Um, they were their message uh, 
anyway, the message of the protest was that they can't earn a living because there's a lot of cheap imports and they don't have enough subsidies and their production costs have gone up. Oh. Um, so the French prime minister put out a series of concessions, including an agreement to not import agricultural products that use pesticides banned in the EU, as well as new financial subsidies and tax breaks. Um, so those new f- policies have appeased the two largest agricul- agricultural unions, uh, the Young Farmers and the FNSEA. Um, but there's still a lot of small non-union farmers and like smaller unions that aren't completely like happy about mm. what's going on. Yeah. So they're still protesting some of them, um, but those those concessions that were made were. Uh, like they were like a little bit better, I guess. Apparently, there's a big problem with suicide among uh, French farmers because of the amount of like the the production costs have gone up so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they can't even like sell their stuff at a profit, so they're basically like either losing money or breaking even. Um. So. Apparently, there's also Belgian farmers that are, like, moving towards Brussels Mm. uh, to express their dissatisfaction with some EU policies um, because there's a major trade deal with Mercosur, Mercosur, M-E-R-C-O-S-U-R, which is a Latin American economic bloc, and um, they import cheap things from Ukraine. Mm. Um, apparently, the EU has a pending trade agreement with this Mercosur uh, eco economic bloc, um, and that is comprised of Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, and Uruguay, and it would reduce tariffs on in- imports from those areas, and um, especially agricultural products. And mm. then the French people are freaking out because they're like, "This is a floodgate to f- cheap foreign imp- imports," and. Um, they're going to be at like a competitive advantage if they're getting all these tax tax breaks. Oh, I like using the competitor. <laughs> using the competitor. Yeah. What? So yeah, the the farmers over there are pretty fucking pissed off, um, because the EU is having a bunch of trade agreements with the Ukraine, and then that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's uh, totally warranted, right? I yeah, hundred like, percent. If America's known for like growing corn, and all of a sudden they were like. We're going to start importing a bunch of corn products. <laughs> Imagine Danish corn, Chinese corn. Well, oh, you wedding. Well, apparently France is the largest agricultural producer of the EU. Um, uh, and like they're wheat, blaming it on... And grapes and shit? It's mostly like um, cheeses. Carats. Oh, cheese. Like wine stuff. Oh, okay. And like uh, meats and dairy. And it's, it's not like um, French meat. It's not a lot of like vegetation. It doesn't seem like. Don't they eat horses over there though? I don't think so. It, that wasn't in the uh, article anyway. Uh. But yeah, uh, so like I, I guess the two main unions have stopped the strike because they're like um, a little bit sati- satiated with the new concessions that were made. But all the little guys are still getting fucked because they're like either small to medium 
union or non-union farmers and like their interest interests don't really align with those of like the giant ones right yeah so, gotcha. and it's fucking crazy to me because the pesticides that aren't allowed in the eu like what are they and what are we getting because i know that we're getting a lot more fucked up shit than yeah there's like different standards for stuff right i know which is yeah. bullshit and how do how does nobody know it I think, ah, uh, yeah. I think it depends on, like, what's the governing body of who makes the decision and how are they influence, like, who uses their money to influence that governmental body. Yeah. It's too much digging in to do. There's a lot of digging. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. With Here the I go, farmers, dig it in again. Uh, like, like the the richer ones are, are, like, happier with the outcome of what happened, and uh, the little guys are still not, not cool, mm. so... They're going to continue to dump shit and block, block, uh, you know, block the roads and stuff. But they're also saying that the French's um, protests aren't going to have much of a impact on the rest of the EU because they're not the only ones that are involved. Oh, okay. So it's like a... Well, they blocked off... What was the major... Paris, right? Uh, we saw on the news. Yeah, the that's what. Yeah, that's what the point was. That they were, they were going towards Paris to block off all the roadways on the way into there. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so this next story, speaking about like uh, the power that people have, uh, we lo- we learned last week about Vince McMahon's uh, discretions and his uh, friend John Laronitis helping him out. Uh, his whole thing was people power. Um, so we know that like people power works, right? It's working for the French. Yeah. Um, I was reading uh, about this. Uh, Petition on change.org that had like 14,000 signatures and uh, they were pissed off because there was a uh, poster of Jesus that was shown up in uh, Spain and it was uh, the Jesus was too sexy. (laughs) Uh, A poster in in the southern Spanish city of Seville uh, depicting a young, handsome Jesus wearing only a loincloth has unleashed a storm on social media with some calling it an offensive depiction of the figure of Christ. While others were seen posting lewd remarks and memes poking fun at the image. Uh, I saw some of those lewd remarks and it was like a bunch of chicks like writing in Spanish, like come murder this pussy Jesus. And (laughs) I'd like him to Christ all over me. Um, The poster was created by Seville artist uh, Salestino Garcia Cruz. Was it supposed to be Christ? Yeah, Uh, it shows a a fresh-faced Jesus without a crown of thorns, uh, no suffering face, and minuscule wounds on his hands and ribcage. It was commissioned and approved by the General Council of Brotherhoods, which organizes the renowned and immensely popular Holy Week processions uh, ahead of Easter in Seville. I think we were reading about that during the San Ubaldo Festival thing. Oh, man, we have so much to see. Yeah. Um, Spain is predominantly Catholic, and church traditions such as marriage, baptisms, and religious parades are immensely popular among believers and non-believers. Um, so people were pissed off because Catholics uh, like to go with the whole Jesus uh, suffered for you thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that was the one major thing I noticed. Yeah, so if you get like a bunch of Catholics that are like looking at this depiction of Jesus and he doesn't look like he's suffering, like if Jesus looks like he's having a good time, it kind of takes away from the story, I, th- I think, in their eyes. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't put here to have fun. He can't be having a good time. No. Uh, a petition uh, on change.org to have the poster withdrawn was signed by 14,000 people. Uh, the artist defended its uh, his, the work and dismissed 
the poster's critics as old-fashioned. Uh, he was quoted as saying, I don't see what at what point, at what element, people who don't like it don't like it. Uh, Garcia also responded to criticism from conservative groups that the depiction of Jesus was effeminate and homoerotic. Uh, he said, a gay Christ because he looks sweet and is handsome? Come on. We are in the 21st century. Uh, the artist said that his son, Horatio, uh, was the model for the poster. The general, <laughs> the general council of brotherhoods has uh, so far ignored calls to replace the poster before Holy Week at the end of the month. Uh, or at the end of March. Uh, the city's mayor was quoted saying, I like the poster. Not all Holy Week posters can be the same each year. Some posters are riskier, some more classical, and some more daring. So. What the fuck? Yeah. They make a poster for Holy Week each year? They, yeah, I guess it's like, like different. Like you would do for like a comedy show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a promo. A like promo? Thing. This, week's, this year's Holy Week. He will arrive. Again. And you will arise. <laughs> this Jesus is guaranteed to get your dick hard. Can you imagine uh, any other, I guess every other religion's like that, right? You can't show Muhammad on anything. Well, yeah, they don't show they don't show him at all. Yeah. The, the Jews don't show Yahweh. No. Uh, Indians don't like when you show uh, their stuff. What is it? Like pictures of them? Vishnu or... Oh, oh my God. I thought you meant Native Americans. <laughs> I don't want an Indian girlfriend. Yeah, because all okay, of theirs... That's fine with me. Yeah. All, all of theirs come up in like... They're, they're kind of not really human looking. Whoa, hey now. Come on. There's like an elephant whoa, one. There's a lady up. with like a bunch of arms. Wait a minute. You can't be... What that means. You can't be saying stuff like that, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Do you think they should take it down? Do you think uh, people should, like, calm down with their... I feel like all the people that were calling it gay were secretly, like, in love with the poster. Yeah, they were like, Jesus is not supposed to make my dick hard. He's not supposed to make my dick hard. That poster's making my dick hard. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been one day since I got hard from the picture of Jesus. Um... Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I don't know. I feel like uh, people need to calm down with that shit. Um, but there's a lot of examples, especially recently. For a religion that constantly wants this guy to come inside of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's been a lot of examples of, like, specifically, like, Christianity, Christianity and Catholicism, like, mixing with different various governments around the world and doing weird we watch a lot of TCT on the weekends. Oh, God. God damn. Well, they're not Catholic. Let's just... Yeah, what are they? Episcopalian? They're like they're like Christian. They're like they're like the fucking Christian. Uh, what are they called? Like fundamentalists. Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. Pentecostal Baptists. There's, there's a lot of that like repetitive uh, stuff where they like try to drill in. How, remember they we, try and get you to say the words like "I accept Jesus as my savior" yeah. over and over again. You're like, just say it. Did you say it? Oh, you said it. It's like Door the Explorer, but for like people with autism. Swiper, no swiping. Devil, no deviling. Um, there's another story about kind of uh, in the same vein of uh, religion uh, meddling with uh, things in the government. Sort of. I don't know if you read this yet. Uh, there was a Russian scientist that was fired after making a wild claim about human longevity. 
So this science, this Russian scientist, uh, he was like the top geneticist in the country. He studies the human genome, right? So, In the country of Russia? In the country of Russia, yeah. Russia's science and higher education ministry has dismissed the head of a prestigious genetics institute who sparked controversy by contending that humans once lived for centuries... And that the shorter lives of modern humans are due to their ancestors' sins. Alexander Krudyasev, uh, he's got the same name as a famous Russian tennis player, uh, headed the Russian Academy of Sciences Vavilov Institute of General Genetics and made a presentation at a conference in 2023 in which he said the people had lived for some 900 years prior to the era of the biblical flood. And that the original ancestral and personal sins cause genetic diseases that shorten lifespans. He also claimed children up to the seventh generation are responsible for the sins of their fathers. The Russian Orthodox Church has called the firing religious discrimination. Although no official reason was given for the dismissal, the head of the Russian Church's Commission on Family Issues said that the scientists firing for religious beliefs and statements in accordance with these beliefs violates the ethics of the scientific community. Uh, in 2023, when confronted about his comments at the, uh, at that, uh, what do you call it? What did he do? It was like a, a talk. Like a world, a TED A talk? conference. He was at a conference. I don't know why I can't think of the word conference right now. It's <laughs> all that uh, arnica gel I'm on. Um, but in 2023, when confronted about his comments at the event, the scientist released a statement claiming that he wanted to emphasize the harmful influence of so-called bad habits, when what theologians call sin. Uh, they also affect the genome. If mutations occur in your body, in your game gamemates, it will be passed on to your offspring and nothing can be done about it. The conclusion is simple. If you want to have healthy offspring, don't develop bad habits. Don't fall into sin. Yeah, that's wild to say. Yeah, he's the top geneticist of the why, country. Why did he say seven generations? What kind of biblical shit is that? I don't know, but I'm thinking that most of his shit is based off of like research that he's done. So I kind of want to know why he came to that conclusion. Yeah, like, it reminds me of, like, how, like, the fucking, like, orcas have genetic memory of how to, like, you know, be an orca because of, like, their their maternal, like, lineage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of makes sense, but to say it in a way of, like, sins or whatever is, like, okay. Well, I mean, for lack of a better term, right? Maybe he's just trying to use a terminology that most people are familiar with. Yeah, but when you say sins, it automatically turns into a fucking religion thing. That's true. Yeah. Huh. There's something to that, though. 100%. Yeah. I mean... Because sin is debt. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, maybe we gave up part of our lifespans at some point? <laughs> well, I think his point is saying that, like, the sins of seven gener- up to seven generations before you... Uh, make some type of like disease happen in your body and if you don't repent for those sins then the generations ahead of you up to seven generations ahead of you have to pay for it okay so he's saying scientifically if you repent <laughs> yeah i don't know how you do that what do you what, how do you scientifically repent to someone i don't i think you have to uh like get holy water you gotta suck fauci off you gotta suck fauci off yeah that's it <laughs> I uh 
Yeah, that's wild though. I uh, I wonder if like my uh my ancestors like seven generations. So it would be like my dad's father. That's two, right? So my grandpa. So then my grandpa's grandpa would be another two. Yeah. So that's four. Yeah. So then my grandpa's grandpa's grandpa six, right? Yeah. And then his dad. Yeah. They must have loved pussy. It's like my favorite thing. And yeah. I think, you know, if it was a sin, I, I would have been dead at the age of like two, probably. <laughs> I loved it so much. They're like, this little boy's going to love it so much. We can't let him go past this prime, this this age right here. At two o'clock, at two years old, you loved pussy? No, I think like the, the fates probably would have seen it in my future. Like, oh, okay. he's going to love it so much and we consider it a sin. So like, we can't let him like go out and like have that much sin. So... You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I don't know. What um what do you think is like the worst thing to inherit from like a parent? Uh like probably if it was like uh, like ALS or something. What is that other one that comes that's uh No, no, no that's disease. Well, like, that's what he said that. Well, that the disease is dis- a result. Ease. It's a result of the sin, right? Yeah. But what's the sin? Like it wouldn't be ALS. It'd be like fucking, I don't know, like lying, lying on your government records or some shit like that. <laughs> what would be like a sin considered by the Catholic Church? Uh, I don't know. There's like a bunch of them written on the Ten Commandments. If people weren't honoring their father and mother. But what's crazy is... Taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, so if your grandpa's grandpa kills somebody, you got to live a shorter life because of that. It's kind of fucked up. I mean... Unless you've been redeemed. Mm, you got to get saved. You got to get saved. Which means giving the local Pope some money, right? Yeah. That's how they do that? The <laughs> local Cohen. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, there's a lot of things that I'd be embarrassed. Like, can you imagine if you, like, uh, inherited being a sneakerhead from your dad? Yeah, that would be ridiculous, especially since my dad only wore New Balances. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I feel like most, like, people's things that they're into that they get from their parents. Yeah. Their parents didn't get it from their parents. Their parents had their reasoning behind it. And then the kid inherits it thinking that there's a special reasoning behind it. When, in reality, like, the dad, like, so the kid inherits, like, being a sneakerhead, right? And they're like, why are you into sneakers? Like, because my dad was really into sneakers. And they asked the dad, like, hey, man, like, why'd you really get into sneakers? He's like, I uh, really wanted to get more pussy in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like one of the things where, like, they, like, no matter what it is, like, it goes down to that. But, like, because it carries to the next generation, the guy thinks, like, oh, I want to get a bunch of sneakers. Not knowing that, really, he's just trying to get more pussy in his life. But yeah. he's, like, caught in the sneaker part. Damn. You have um, all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I have all the questions. Most of the questions. <laughs> um, did you read about those uh, sneakers that went for sale at auction and got, like, a crazy amount of money? No. Uh, there was a collection of sneakers that superstar Michael Jordan wore as he and the Chicago Bulls won six NBA championships. Uh, and it sold for $8 million at auction. Setting a new record for game-worn sneakers. Uh, the six Air Jordan shoes won from the last games of 91, 92, 93, 96, 97, and 98 championship series. 
were dubbed by Sotheby's as the Dynasty Collection. The Shit Dynasty Collection. Uh, <laughs> Sotheby's didn't identify the buyer and described the seller only as a private American collector who obtained them from a longtime Bulls executive. Uh, the auction lot included photos of Jordan wearing, Jordan wearing a single shoe as he celebrated the 92, 93, 96, and 98 wins. Um, the pair that he wore in the second game of the 98 finals sold last year for $2.2 million. What? Um, the highest auction price for any Jordan memorabilia was $10.1 million for a jersey that he wore in the first game of that series, and that sold in 2022. That is insane. It's fucking crazy. For a piece of, like, clothing or, or shoes that's going to eventually just dry rot and fall apart. Yeah. That's insane. Is he What's the only the guy? Is he the only sports guy, I guess? Uh, like, nobody cares about Jose Canseco's, like, fucking sock or whatever. No, like, there's people in baseball, I think, right? That, like, people go nuts for their cards, I think. Well, that's so one I feel thing. Like, I feel like with Jordan, it's because it's a, it's more than just a basketball player. Like, he came out with a whole line of Jordans, mm. which was, like, a culture in and of itself. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? so well, it's I like, mean, but the jersey oh, yeah, that he wore, true. like, who, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to wear it? I don't for know. For $10 million? What did whoever bought Michael Jackson's fucking glove do with it? You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, the same thing. Yeah. It's, like, people that have too much money and, like... What for what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. What do you think? You think that uh, there's gonna be Vince McMahon memorabilia that's gonna be worth money someday? Uh, probably someday. Some of those like uh, dildos that he used on his victims. <laughs> probably. Oh God. Fucking piece of garbage. Oh man. <laughs> He's got a lot. Uh, yo, if he acted like that, his dad had was also a wrestling company owner. Imagine the shit that he must have did. Damn. You know what I mean? Damn, seven, seven generations of that. Oh, fuck, yeah. You yeah. got Vince They McMahon. must have been out in the fucking, uh, what, what did the Greeks have? The uh, the octagon? Uh, the cafe oct oct octagon. Yeah, the thing where uh, Russell Crowe was in, gladiators. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His fucking ancestors were probably gladiators or some shit. Vince McMahon? I don't know. Why else would he get into professional wrestling? <laughs> I feel like uh, anything that has Vince McMahon's name on it in the next couple of years is going to have lead in it. <laughs> By the way, what's going on with these Stanley Cup lead things? So I looked into this, and apparently it's not just Stanley Cup. All of these insulated steel cups, mm -hmm. all but the Hydro Flask actually have been tested and they found they found lead in all of them really um the lead is used in a solder that seals oh. that, that seals the vacuum between the inner and outer layer of the cups okay um and most manufacturers that make those kinds of cups use lead in the solder oh shit yeah so um and it now, leaches into the water well, no. So now they're saying that they're trying to um, find alternatives for sealing the vacuum in those types of cups. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, the stainless steel, uh, there's a layer of that between that and where the lead is. And it's not like it's not really a risk to cup, 
customers. Okay. Um, like as far as like drinking out of the cup, the only time that it would become a risk is if the pot like it came apart, like the bottom part came off. Okay. And then you could have risk for like, how often does that happen? You think? I don't know. Um, Probably a lot. This bitch, uh, Jane Houlihan, nice lady. I mean, uh, according to her, she's a research director for Healthy Babies Bright Futures, oh. um, and they're an alliance of nonprofits, scientists, and donors with a mission of decreasing babies' exposure to neurotoxic chemicals. Mm. Uh, her 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 quote was: "If the cup stays intact, there is likely no lead exposure." risk to consumers but if that bottom pops off all bets are off <laughs> lead is so toxic that you can't just take chances with it if a company has to rely on their product remaining perfectly intact in order for it to be safe that company has a basic material material safety problem that they're p- passing on to consumers that's what i read wow so i kind of agree with this lady it's like find something else. You're making fucking drinking stuff for people. Yeah. We it, know, like, okay, it's not going to get to them, but it could. Right, exactly. Yeah, don't make it easier. Do you think that's why they did the whole fire thing? To be like, look, it, it didn't pop off in a fire. <laughs> I, I wonder if the lead is at a higher melting or lower melting point than the rest of the cup. Mm. If it's metal. Like, what's the rest of the cup metal? What is that? Steel. Steel? It's stainless steel, yeah. Oh, okay. I think they're they're stainless steel. Are they they're insulated cups? They're stainless steel and what uh, ceramic? Glass or, or glass? Is it ceramic? I don't even know. But there, but whatever. There's this in, there's a thing in the between it that yeah. like has a vacuum insulation, and, space and they use lead to get that vacuum insulation to hold on to, to the stick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they all have lead in them. <laughs> it's not just Stanley. But um, it's not like you're going to get lead poisoning from drinking out of it unless you, like, pop the bottom off and, like, dip your fries in, in the lead. Mm. But still, like, I still probably wouldn't. I, I wouldn't buy one anyway because, like, it's stupid to me. Yeah. But. Um, I wonder if you pissed in a Stanley cup for a long period of time, like, emptied it out after you were done. Yeah. How long would it take to erode the uh, lead inside of that from the, the heat of your piss? Well, it would have to erode through the stainless steel first. You gotta have some pretty toxic piss to do that, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the uh, pit piss erosion uh, length of time. They're trying to kill the kids, man. <laughs> They're trying to kill the kids. Uh, there's a new uh, trend on uh, TikTok and all different social media uh, that South Korea had to warn about. Yeah. Uh, they're warning about a social media trend uh, of eating fried toothpicks. A health warning from South Korea, South Korea's food ministry has urged people not to eat fried toothpicks made out of starch uh, in the shape of resembling curly fries. Video clips showing people consuming the deep fried starch toothpicks with uh, seasonings such as uh, powdered cheese recently went viral on various social media platforms. Uh, their safety as food has not been verified. Please do not eat them. <laughs> uh, in the videos, the toothpicks are deep fried and food coloring is used uh, to impart a green hue to the toothpicks, which are the environmentally friendly kind made from sweet potatoes or cornstarch. In another statement, the South Korean Ministry of Food and Drug Safety said that the sticks meet the country's standards of hygiene products, but that's it. 
so they're not supposed to be used for food. Um, I think it's funny that they're adding green food dye to make it look like the uh, the dental the dentist sticks. The dental sticks. Yeah. Dude, what was that shit that you showed me the other day? They were frying ice cubes with stuff. Yeah, that's the thing that's been happening for a while. So they they put like a bed of ice cubes in like a plate. And then they put these different sauces on top. And then you're supposed to, like, suck the sauce off the ice cubes. Well, they were doing that with the fucking rocks, too. Remember that? Oh, uh, yeah. A few months ago, we saw that thing, and they were doing that. Like, are they just trying to get people to um, lose weight over there? No, I think I think it's starting off as, like, a joke. Like, somebody probably read the ingredient in one of these toothpicks and was like, oh, these are made out of, like, food stuff. So you could probably, like, deep fry it. You know what I mean? Well, I also read that they were used for, like, most commonly for, like, takeout stuff. So what probably happened is somebody, like, knocked a bunch into a deep fryer while they were, like, cooking something. Okay. And then saw what they looked like, tasted it, and was like, oh, you can eat these because they're made out of either sweet potatoes or cornstarch. But I think there's also people <laughs> thinking that you could do it with, like, the either the ones? plastic green ones to make them look green oh or the God. wooden ones, which would just, I think, cause a fire. They're just eating, like, the swords. Yeah, yeah, the ones that come in those, like, Monte Cristo sandwiches. Oh, my God. Stop doing stuff on TikTok, please. Um, They're trying to kill the kids, man. That's what it is. Is that it? I guess it has to be. Um, I was just reading about this. Uh, so, it's crazy because, like, these kids have bad examples of stuff to follow, right? They got the Vince McMahons out there. Yeah. They got fucking uh, these Stanley Cups that they go crazy for. They get lead poisoning. They try to eat a bunch of toothpicks to off themselves, and it doesn't work because they're edible. So what do you do? Well, I say you move to the Netherlands, uh, which is where an autistic Dutch woman who suffered from Emmy, also uh, referred to as chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, died from assisted suicide after sharing uh, her last tweet saying, Saturday will be my final day. Lauren Hove... 28 from the Netherlands, was diagnosed with ME in 2019. Uh, she was a book blogger and was diagnosed with ADHD. And in 2022, she began documenting her journey to euthanasia. Assisted death has been legal in the Netherlands for the past 22 years. You have to call it like a certain thing for it to be legal. You can't call it uh, uh, suicidal. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm sorry. I just read uh, How to Avoid Trigger Words by Snoop Dogs. Oh, yeah, but... Suicidal. So, okay. You can go to the doctor and say, I have this condition in which I would no longer like to participate in Earth. But you can't be like, I'm... I don't want to be here anymore. Well, so assisted death has been legal in the Netherlands for the past 22 years. Uh, her blog was called Brain Fog, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and it, in it, she explained how her general practitioner told her that he respected her wish to be euthanized, but could not do it himself because of her psychological conditions. After she made the decision, Lauren was put on a waiting list for an appointment with a euthanasia specialist which took longer than usual due to the pandemic, the COVID pandemic. Uh, in April 2023, she met with several doctors who concluded she was mentally competent at, of making the decision to be euthanized. Her very last message said, this will be my last tweet. Thanks for the love, everyone. I'm going to rest a bit more and be with my loved ones. Enjoy a last morbid meme from me. She then posted a meme featuring a toddler 
wearing sunglasses and giving a thumbs up to the camera as a doctor smiles beside them with the caption, me getting euthanized. Uh, <laughs> M-E stands for myologic encephalomyelitis. Encephalomyelitis. Yeah, sure. An estimated 250 people in the UK and more than 1 million people in the U.S. live with the condition and 17 million people throughout the world. Uh, in the Netherlands, the assisted suicide law legalizes physician-assisted suicide in specific instances where a patient's suffering is unbearable and shows no prospect of improve improvement. The request must also be made of their own volition, and one more than one doctor must sign off on the request, and a doctor must be present uh, during the procedure. So um, it started uh, making me curious about like how euthanasia works in like other parts of the world mm -hmm. um in april 2023 uh it was announced that parents in the netherlands can euthanize their terminally ill children aged 12 and over uh under plans to widen the country's existing end-of-life laws to cover terminally ill children the dutch government announced plans to expand euthanasia regulations to include doctor-assisted death for terminally ill children between the ages of one and 12 years old uh the rules would apply to an estimated five to ten children per year who suffer unbearably from their disease have no hope of improvement and for whom palliative care cannot bring relief in december 2023 it was reported that more than 530 british citizens have uh ended their lives at one particular swiss clinic named dignitas which is dignity in latin <laughs> uh since it opened in the 90s uh under current british law the practice of assisted suicide is illegal and carries a 14-year prison term in america physician assisted suicide or medical aid in dying uh is legal in only 11 districts california colorado dc hawaii montana maine new jersey new mexico oregon vermont and washington state in 2022 the state of oregon ruled it unconstitutional to refuse assisted suicide to people from other states who are willing to travel to oregon to die that way uh, before someone travels to oregon uh, those helping the patient travel to oregon might be prosecuted for assisting a suicide after the barbiturates are required, if the patient returns to their home state, those assisting with mixing the fatal dose of barbs may be prosecuted for assisting a suicide. The punishment for participating in a physician-assisted death varies throughout the different states. Uh, for example, in Florida, um, the quote is, Every person deliberately assisting another person in the commission of self-murder shall be guilty of manslaughter, a felony of the second degree. Damn. Yeah. I, I fucking don't even know what to say about that. I mean, so, you're tired? So this girl, well, I guess she had, like, documented her journey. I went, like, on a deep dive on, like, the post uh, on her Twitter page. Yeah. And it was really sad, man. She was talking about all the books she wasn't going to get to read. <laughs> um, read them, then. Nobody's stopping you. Well, she, apparently her version of the fatal or for chronic fatigue syndrome meant that she couldn't, like, even get out of the bed to go use the bathroom. Like, she would, like, poop herself and stuff because she couldn't get out of the bed. Oh. Yeah. I guess it's, like, a really bad uh, version of depression, like, to the a millionth degree. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, it's, oof. 
Can you blame the kids for getting like this, though? I mean, listen, look at the examples that they had. We I went from like- Disney princesses to Gidget to Fear to fucking... Gypsy Rose? Gypsy Rose. You know what I mean? I like, don't fucking know, man. There's a lot of things there. I don't know. We had we had never been kissed. <laughs> no, wait. What was the one where Drew Barrymore went back to high school and played like a high schooler? That was Poison Ivy Part 1. No, yeah, that was never been that kissed. That was never been kissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, had her teacher fall in love with her when she he thought she was like 16. He thought she was 16. And then he got mad when he found out she was overage. You're you're legal for me? <laughs> I'm not interested anymore. Yeah, that was a weird period of uh, yeah, the kids are going to be fine. They're going to figure it out like They're we gonna did. They're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out like we did. I think it's crazy that you can be charged with assisting a suicide if you like drive the person to the bus station <laughs> well they're they're saying the same thing with people that were taking people to get abortions oh yeah yeah you're right aiding and abetting yeah i don't know man that's just crazy i mean i understand that there are conditions in which people want to choose that and i guess that they should have the right to do that um but i don't know she should have just spent the last of her days making sexy Jesus posters. That's what I would have done. She could have made so many sexy Jesus posters. I, put that whole library on audio audiobooks. You don't I even have made to get out of bed. The most homoerotic Jesus posters of all time. Really? It would have been crazy, yeah. If I only had like a couple weeks to live, I'd have been like, all right. You wouldn't then. be trying to get p- pussy? Oh yeah. Well that goes first, but then like in the off time. <laughs> I'm just drawing dick veins on Jesus. Um <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the last story that we have here. Uh, we mentioned earlier it was Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't really have a thing for this uh, segment. Uh, I'm going to play the... the There you go. Hell yeah. Let's talk about Groundhog's Day. Let's talk about it. Punxsutawney Phil? Punxsutawney Phil. So, you know, apparently... <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Apparently, Phil's not the only groundhog, but he's the most important and most famous of them. I didn't even read about any other groundhogs. Wait, oh, because more than one uh, Yeah, like other cities and shit do groundhogs. Yeah, that's right. But nobody matters. Oh, fuck. I was supposed to get a compilation together of all the times a groundhog has bit one of the mares. I know. Well, Well, you know what? Yeah, we we can get back to it on another Groundhog Day. Um... (laughs) So, Groundhog Day came to America from the Pennsylvania Dutch, who were from the Palatine area of Germany. Mm. So, they were German-speaking, but it was like a different dialect of German. Came from good German stock. Good German stock, yeah. yeah. So, uh, the... It came from their superstition that if a groundhog emerges from hibernation and sees its shadow, it will retreat to his den and winter will go on for six weeks. Um, This year in 2024, uh, the groundhog predicted an early spring. Mm. Uh, The weather lore, that's what they call this, weather lore. Weather lore? Yeah, like like Groundhog's Day, like if the groundhog... Like weather fairy tales? Yeah. Wow. The weather lore was brought from German-speaking areas where the badger was the forecasting animal. So, because there's no badgers around, that's why they started using a groundhog. We don't need no stinking badgers. <laughs> uh, so, also, it's related to uh, Candlemas, which is a Christian holiday, which marks the end of the Epiphany season. 
Oh, we were talking about that. Uh, During Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so, go back. So they chose a badger because it's also a whole creature, like a creature from a hole. Well, not a. They're hibernating animals. So oh, wherever, so you use whatever, like a bear. Or any yeah. So the other area in and other areas in Germany or wherever where bears are, like oh, okay. native, they would use a bear or a fox or. That's so much cooler. Yeah. Punxsutawney fucking Ben. Punxsutawney Phil, yeah. So, so that was Tony the Phil original Robertson. thing. Like, if so, if if whatever hibernating animal came out, uh, came out in Salt Shadow mm-hmm. and went back into its den, they're like, "Fuck this! We know we need to sleep for a little, a few more weeks." You want to hear my Punxsutawney Phil Robertson impression? Yeah. You you got you got a bunch of yuppies coming in here and telling me that I got to look at my shadow. But I'll look for, at my shadow for a little honey on the biscuit. I tell him, I tell him, Jack, you know how many shadows I had in my life? <laughs> Boy, I had more shadows than you could shake a flashlight at. <laughs> That's my uh, Pox Honey Phil Robertson impression. I love it. Um, so Candlemas. Candlemas is the end of the epiphany season. It's also on February 2nd. Mm. Um in Christianity, it's known as uh, the presentation of the. There's a, there's like four different names. The feast of the presentation of the of Jesus Christ, or the peace, or the feast of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm. or yeah. the feast of the Holy Encounter. But it's a feast either way. Yeah, that day. Okay. So under the Leviticus law in the Bible, a woman was to be purified by presenting a lamb as a burnt offering and either a young pigeon or a dove as a sin offering 33 days after a boy's circumcision. Wait, a woman? Yeah. So apparently they say, like, any man that breaks the womb, meaning being born, Mm -hmm. uh, has to be redeemed. Oh, original sin. And any woman who has had a baby has to also be redeemed. Wait, are they this, trying to say original sin is fucking your own mom unintentionally because you're coming out of the womb? No, I don't think it's that, but it may be because they don't consider cesarean sections technically, like as birth. Yeah, if you're not cesarean, technically every boy has had his penis in his mom's vagina at least once. <laughs> I was a C-section, so I'm good. <laughs> Oh my god. Mama and Yaya and Baba. So, what does that have to do with Groundhog's Day? The Candlemas? Yeah, so apparently during the Candlemas celebration, they would say that uh, clear weather on on Christian Candlemas forebodes a prolonged winter. Which okay. is kind of the opposite of what everybody else's tradition said. Yeah. Like, oh, because they're on the other side of the world, though. Maybe that, too. Yeah. No, I don't think that's the way it works. No, though. that's not how that works. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. But, but no, but literally, it's saying that if it's a clear day on Candlemas, the winter will be prolonged. But if it's a, but it's a groundhog... So it's kind of like a farmer's almanac kind of like uh, yeah, way of thinking, right? Exactly, pretty so much. Like, uh, precedence like sets the weather or whatever. Exactly. Mm. So, but Groundhog's Day is held in Punxsutawney, PA, um, centering on this semi-mythical Punxsutawney Phil, mm. uh, who is the weather predicting animal, um, and he uh, is 
it's like a suspended belief legend that this is the same groundhog since the first one that they did in I re- the 1800s. Yeah. I remember watching it this past week on one of the news networks, and they were talking about how, like, they made it seem like he was, like, a Santa Claus-type character. Like, he's the same guy from the beginning. Yeah, it's super weird. So... Uh, the first reported news of a Groundhog Day observance in Punxsutawney was in their Spirit newspaper in 1886. Oh, it was close. Yeah, and but it wasn't until the next year, the following year in 1887, that the first Groundhog Day was considered official. Oh, nice. And it was commemorated there with a group making a trip to Gobbler's Knob, which was a part of a town where the Groundhog was. Wait a minute. Yeah, so it's Gobbler's like a, Knob. It's, I guess it's like a hill, like a mile or two from from Punxsutawney. Oh. So on February second every year, Punxsutawney holds a civic festival with music and food. The ceremony begins well before winter sunrise. Phil emerges. Phil. Phil, <laughs> Phil emerges. You know, there's something. Uh, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> I just. <laughs> they named him maybe after Prince Philip. Oh. I don't know why I didn't get into. They didn't say any reason why, but they think. Prize like a fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Uh, so the ceremony begins well before winter sunrise. Phil emerges from his um, temporary home on Gobbler's Knob, (laughs) and um, if he sees a shadow, there's six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't see a shadow, there's an early spring. So, um, Punxsutawney's event is the most famous of all the Groundhog's Day events. Mm. Um, the event is organized by something called the Inner Circle. Oh. Yeah. What is that? I don't, they didn't really say. So, the Inner Circle is recognizable by their top hats and tuxedos, and they communicate with Phil and receive his prediction. The vice president of the inner circle prepares two scrolls in advance of the actual ceremony, one proclaiming six more weeks of winter and one that proclaims early spring. At daybreak on February 2nd, Phil awakens from his burrow at Gobbler's Knob and is helped to the top of the stump by his handlers and purportedly explains to the president of the inner circle in a language known as Groundhogese whether he has seen his shadow. The president of the inner circle is the only person that can understand Groundhoggies. What the fuck? <laughs> through his position, th- through his possession of an ancient acacia wood cane, he then interprets Phil's message and directs the v- vice president on which scroll to read. What? Yeah. So the inner circle scripts the Groundhog Day ceremonies in advance. In advance, um, and the inner circle decides beforehand whether Phil, or, whether or not Phil, will see his shadow. Uh, the Storm Fox Almanac has made note of the weather conditions on each Groundhog Day since 99, and it re- recorded that 12 in- that there was 12 incidents in a 20-year span in which the inner circle said he saw a shadow in- during uh, when it was cloudy or rainy, and on one occasion, he did not see a shadow despite there was sunshine. Wow. So they're saying that he's not accurate at all. So, um... According to the lore, there's only Phil and all others are imposters. Oh. <laughs> it is claimed that the groundhog has lived to make weather prognos- prognostication since 1886 because of drinks of groundhog punch or the elixir of life administered at the a- annual groundhog picnic in the fall. 
What the fuck is that? Let me get to it. So, uh, in 1889, um, there was a lodge, the Elks Lodge, the local Elks Lodge, Mm. wanted to make groundhog a game meat. Mm -hmm. So they organized a hunt. And they served the groundhog at the fe- at the groundhog day feast, so they would eat the groundhogs. And the fruit punch was probably their blood. Yeah. Fucking vampires. <laughs> yeah. So they would they so the the groundhog hunt was annual in September, and um, the hunt portion of it became increasingly ritualized uh, because the meat for the feast had to be procured well ahead of time to be marinated. Apparently, groundhog meat is pretty gross. And uh, (laughs) so then they discontinued the practice. (laughs) Mm, Strawberry boom boom in my mouth. So, yeah. uh, So that's how they went from groundhog, like, I don't know, groundhog feast, they kind of canceled. So I don't think they're really hunting them anymore. Dude, there's so (laughs) much shit in what you just said. I know. What's up with this fucking cane? I don't know. I did literally just, this is all I had time to get get to. (laughs) Major question that we need to find out ASAP. Are there racial epithets that we can learn in groundhoggies? Well, you can only know it if you have this ancient acacia stick. All right. First step, get the goddamn staff, get the stick, right? Yeah. We got a top, we need a top hat. Put a yeah, top you, hat you have to have a top hat and a bow tie, I think, to be part of the inner circle. Oh, God. I don't want to do that, though. Yeah. Sounds like a long... So, what is that? So, anyway, so prior to 1993, when Richard the movie Pratt. Groundhog Day came out, mm-hmm. only about 2,000 people came to the Godler's Nod Place per year. After that, it grows to the point where uh, ten to 40,000 people have shown up every year. Yeah, they said this last one, uh, there was like 40,000 or some shit. Yeah, and because of that, all the mayors have come. Because so many people, the mayors of Pennsylvania, have gone to the Groundhog Day event. Oh, are they all part of the inner circle? I I don't think so, but uh, Ed Rendell, uh, not Ed Rendell, I'm sorry, uh, Tom, Josh Shapiro. Oh, yeah. Has named Phil Pennsylvania's official state meteorologist. For really? The 20, for the 2024 Not year. Not fucking Monica crying? <laughs> no. The Elko duo? No, what about that bitch that they sent to fucking Mount Washington? She's uh, not in Pennsylvania. Janice Dean? She's not in Pennsylvania. No, she's national. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, February 1st uh, is Imbolc or St. Brigid's count, uh, day on like the like folk uh, pagan calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also in the Roman rite for the goddess Februa. And uh, that's a whole thing about a fucking wolf cult that I didn't have time to write down. There's a wolf cult? Yeah, there's a wolf cult. Oh, I want to go off. We'll get into it God later. Damn. But this is all I have for now. All right. um, yeah, so that's the Groundhog Day, mostly. Um, talked about the hunting party. Oh, so anyway, I was talking about Candlemas a little bit, how that it is the same day as Groundhog's Day, marking the end of the Epiphany season. Um, and they said that all... Uh, like Christmas decor and decorations and nativity scenes needed to be up by that day or else somebody in the congregation was going to die. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so. Wow. So, uh, sailors are also reluctant to to, uh, sail on that day for fear of disaster. Mm. And, um, 
1997, Pope John II instituted World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life, and that is fixed annually on 2-2, which is Groundhog's Day. And if you wanted to know what consecrated life is, that is anybody that lives, like, a religious life, like a priest, a, a nun... Uh, like yeah. a cloistered nun. Yeah, um, I thought consecrated ground meant uh, like a church, like ground or whatever. Yeah. Which after we did that last piss history, and we learned about how they loved the uh, dirt around churches because they thought that women peed their seats, so they could get the. That's why there was no women urinals. They were just pissing wherever. Is that why it was consecrated? Probably. Oh, you gotta pee on a purification ritual. Oh shit! There's no corners in France where you could do that. <laughs> so uh yeah so uh, like in the bible that this day is traditionally known as the day that mary went and did got her redemption ritual done like as a jewish woman mm. and jesus was presented i guess for circumcision oh they circumcised jesus i guess i guess it's a 40 it's a 40 day after whatever Oh. Or they, they're presenting him. I don't know. Yo, you can't do that to my boy Jesus. Yeah, that's the morning. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a blood sacrifice. I just don't know who to who. Oh, man. So, yeah. Wow. How do we always get back to this? It's fucking Groundhog's Day. It's all connected, man. It's literally Groundhog's Day. Same thing happens every day. Right? <laughs> so, speaking of shadows, would you like to do our last segment? Uh, Yeah, let's get to our last Oh, wait, you know what? That was the song for the ending of My Secret Identity. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, let me not play that. Uh, here we go. In the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. That's right, everybody. It's our uh, speaking spell segment where we go over uh, little cultural uh, spells, little uh, rituals that uh, have influenced our... <laughs> yeah. Uh, culture as a whole. Well, these actually. This, I say that too many what times. I went down today uh, was is not more. It's more for you as a person as a whole, not not for oh, the culture. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. gonna talk about shadow work today. Right. So we were talking about how the whole groundhog thing. He comes out, sees a shadow, and it means something, right? Yeah. So for for the groundhog, it means I gotta go back into my den. I'm scared, right? Mm. For humans. Facing our shadow means looking into the parts of ourselves that scare us. Oh. So, if you were a person, a witch in training, or somebody who just wants to work on themselves, mm -hmm. you could do uh, some shadow work. Really? Yeah, and there's a couple of things that you can do. More than I'm going to share with you today, but what I'm going to share with you today is, um, number one, is you can make a list of the things that scare you. Pick, the, uh, pick an item off the list and visualize facing it. Um, and then you can also do things like we talked about with like the snow spells yeah. and like freezing those things to keep them from from bothering you. Or you can do like the snow melting one to help dissolve your fear. Oh, uh, you know yeah. What I mean? But just the own that. visualization of, of your own fears. You could do that other one too. What's that? Yeah, if you're scared, you drink the small child's pee, it's health. I heard from my grandma. You can ask your parents or grandparents, maybe they tell you too. 
I will ask, I okay, guess. Ask uh, them. I mean, you can ask. And, you can ask them. But scared. I would recommend that you do some of your own shadow work, you know, if you're scared. Yeah. You know, because it's important for you to com- to incorporate your shadow into yourself. Because just because you're scared of something doesn't mean it's bad, right? Right. Exactly. Because your shadow is not necessarily all bad things. It's just stuff that you don't face all the time. Right. Exactly. And it could be things that you're like subduing because you're embarrassed about it. Uh, it could be because you are, um, maybe you have hidden desires, um, or maybe something that makes you feel guilty or ashamed. Um, writing or drawing these things out can help you integrate your desires or fears in a healthy way. Mm. So like in my situation with my bad back, like I'm blaming that on my shadow, right? Yeah. But it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be like a demon. It's like, you know what an incubus is? It's a ghost that'll have sex with someone until they die. I don't want to deal with one of those. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, that's why you got to integrate your shadow. Yeah. So you know, if like, I do I was, that. It's like how Peter Pan, like, he was lost without a shadow. Peter Pan was lost without you a remember shadow? Remember when he, like, got, he lost a shadow at their house and he had to come back and get it? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember anything about Peter Pan. You should probably watch it. I don't want to. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. But anyway, the goal of doing shadow work is to find a balance between light and dark. And oh. to realize that life is about that balance. The yin yang. Yeah, the yin and the yang. The yin yang twins. Yeah. So you have to face your shadows to grow as a person. Right. And uh, just as uh, Phil predicted that we're going to have an early spring this year, mm-hmm. things are going to bloom. You as well will bloom if you don't see, if you see your shadow. That's right. Or the opposite. Whatever. In the immortal words of the yin yang twins, uh, from the windows to the walls to the sweat drip down my balls. Tall, skeet, skeet motherfuckers. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, that was the spell session for this week. If you want to do yourself a little bit of a favor, uh, spend some time with yourself. Spend some time with your shadow. Get to know them. Make sure they're not an incubus. Um, teach them how to speak Latin or maybe some gopherese. Uh, and then make some uh, sexy Jesus pictures. Hell yeah. What about sexy Poxitani Phil? Mm-hmm. Sexy Poxitani Phil Robertson. Ooh. All right, we're going to get on that. AI, create it right now. Alan Iverson, draw that for us right now. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we will catch you guys uh, next time. Peace. See ya. really stink. We were just singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little Betty Bice. Have you been Betty Bice? It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed and its perception of truth blotted out.